Hello and welcome to the Health Watch Kent podcast, where we get to speak to some of the most influential people in health and social care locally and nationally. My name is Steve Inet and I'm the Chief Executive for Health Watch Kent and we're the independent champion of the public in health and social care. And if you have an experience of health or social care in Kent, good or bad, that you want to tell someone about, you can contact us on 0808 801 0102 or you can go to our website healthwatchkent.co.uk. This interview I'm talking to Anne Eden, who is uh, Regional Director of NHS Improvement, and I'm talking to her specifically around recent changes to services that are being provided at Kent and Canterbury Hospital in East Kent. And it's the second part of our series of Check It Out, where I'm getting responses to some of the issues raised by Ken Rogers, who I interviewed a couple of episodes ago, who is Chair of Concerns for Health in East Kent or Czech. So I very much hope that you enjoy my conversation with Anne. Welcome to the Health Watch Kent podcast. So Anne, thank you ever so much for, for talking to us today. Um, I wonder if we could start with a couple of things. First of all, um, you work for an organisation called NHS Improvement. So I wonder if you could tell us a bit about what that does and then perhaps a bit about yourself and how you've come to, to work with NHS Improvement. Yeah, sure. Um, so um, NHS Improvement is it's a national organisation um, and it's about supporting um, providers, so NHS trusts, and that can be community trusts or hospitals, mental health trusts and foundation trusts. And it's about supporting them to give patients consistently safe, high quality, compassionate care. Um, but also it needs to be care that is financially affordable and sustainable. So we're a, a regulator and so we do oversee and regulate organisations. Um, to make sure that they are providing that safe, high quality care. Um, but there's a clue in the title in terms of NHS improvement. So what we try to do is to get alongside our organisations, typically working at board level, and to help to coach for improvement. So that may be about improving their A&E services, it may be about improving nursing care, and we have improvement, quality improvement experts here, we have financial experts, and we try to get alongside and support organisations. But when things get tough or really, you know, the services aren't where they need to be, then we do get alongside and we regulate. And so that there are those organisations that really are doing very well, they're self-managing, they're autonomous, we never see them really from one year to the next. And there are those who are at the other end of the spectrum that may be in special measures, have got real big challenges and problems. And those are the ones that we would need to intervene legally. Um, they may be in breach of their license if they're an FT, and we need to get alongside them and intervene to try to improve the services. So that's, that's NHS improvement. Um, I am the regional director 
for the south of England. And the south of England is a huge patch. It goes from Cornwall over to East Kent, indeed, right. and then up to Oxford. So it's about 300 and odd miles from east to west and probably another good 100 or so from north to south. So it's a big old patch. And there are 55 trusts, 55 organisations in that patch. And I'm the regional director. And we're based, uh, we have four sub regions, and East Kent is in the southeast region. Right. So that's, uh, that's me. We have 80 people in the south that I work with. And I've been doing this job or something like this job now for the last couple of years. Um, but um, I was a National Health Service Management Trainee and I started in September, it will be 37 years ago. Right. Um, and um, so I started on the training scheme, which was really super. And um, for the first year, you, uh, you do something called the Cook's Tour and you go into hospitals and you spend, you know, time with the ambulance service and as a nurse in surgery, um, in planning, in finance, and you go around all the departments and then you, um, you, you, know, you do a postgraduate qualification and the like. So I started some, yeah, nearly 37 years up in the Northeast and um, I've been working in the South now for, oh goodness me, for the, probably the last 25 years or so. Um, latterly, I was a chief executive at Buckinghamshire Healthcare. Um, I was there for 10 years. Before that, I was the deputy chief executive at the Hammersmith Hospital. Before that, I was the deputy at um, St. Mary's Hospitals in Paddington. I've also been the chief exec of a mental health community trust and the chief executive of a small specialist trust. So over the years, I've worked mainly in hospitals. I've been the chief executive of mental health community specialists and acute trusts. I've worked in big London teaching hospitals. And this is a very different job. It's working um, at the centre, working with politicians, with the organisation. It's more of a policy job. And I think what helps me when I go into organisations like East Kent is because I've been there, seen it and done it. So hopefully that brings a little bit of credibility um, to bear. Yeah, yeah. Because, um, I mean, the thing that, that strikes us as Health Watch when we get involved in um, meetings and situations with these organisations is what a huge complex organisation, I mean, particularly East Kent Hospitals, it's got something oh, like yes. 7,000 staff. So That's right, that's right. And a turnover of nearly half a billion. Um, and they're massive employers uh, for the county and the like. So hugely complex, um, you know, and also the interface with uh, social care, mental health services, the ambulance services, primary care, GPs in particular, housing, really, really complex organisations. Um, and of course, funded, uh, free at the point of use. Um, we know about the days of austerity. So there's no doubt that we can do more and more. People are living longer and longer. And therein lies, you know, we, we are really, um, challenged as a national health service and probably um, one of the biggest challenges that we have these days is to get the right kind of workforce you know the right skills the right staff in the right place and that maybe 
you know, somebody, a care worker in someone's own home, all the way up to a specialist um, accident and emergency consultant. Um, and the problem, as you probably know, isn't just, um, you know, a Kent-wide problem, although you have more problems than most, I think it's fair to say, mm. but very much a national and indeed, um, I'd say, an international problem. So growing demand, growing tired of the elderly, great technologies and treatments, we can do more and more, the money stays about the same, and above all, we're really struggling in terms of recruiting people with the right skills, but also the right value set around compassion and care, and I think that's the other key, key thing mm. to say. Mm. Hmm. And you you talked about regulation, and and it might be useful just to kind of clarify because uh, I think lots of people are are aware of the Care Quality Commission, and so kind of mm. I guess what we've seen when, um, as you say, organisations like East Kent have been put into special measures after an inspection by the Care Quality Commission, but often yeah. it's been NHS improvement that's kind of led kind of making sure any action plans adhered to so, you, so right. you work very closely together is what we've seen that, yes that's right so there are a number of different kinds of arms length bodies uh, as we're called or arms length of the government and so cqc uh, the chief inspector of hospitals that from the care quality commission um, they they are the assessor of quality our services safe compassionate caring well-led and effective. They go in and they do their inspections and reviews. And then if an organisation is deemed to be um, inadequate, then as NHS improvement, or the chief inspector makes a recommendation. But as the regulator, we are the ones that would put the organisation into special measures. But then what we do is we get alongside them to say, OK, where did you fall down? Was it end of life care? Wasn't as good as it needed to be? Was it the safety of your A&E department? Was it the effectiveness of your um, maternity care? And we get alongside the organisation, as you say, and develop plans with them. And hopefully they in turn are working with people like Healthwatch and engaging their communities to get plans in place to improve and to get from inadequate to a place ideally to outstanding services but at least to uh, to requiring improvement or good uh, along that spectrum mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um east kent hospitals have kind of just been through that process a little yeah. over the last couple of years and, and right. now come out of special measures mm -hmm. but there's there's been recent changes to services so east kent hospitals has has five hospitals but the the three larger ones are in uh, margate ashford and canterbury and there's been changes to the services in canterbury that that obviously we've had members of the public raise concerns with us about mm -hmm. um and that came from a, a a slightly different direction the the origin of of those issues could you talk a little bit about that yes so, um, as we know, East Kent, uh, Kent is a large county and those three hospitals, Canterbury, um, William Harvey and Margate, are quite uh, dispersed across uh, the county. And um, as, as I was saying about the difficulty in terms of the recruitment, particularly of the more senior uh, staff, experienced staff, and um, essentially what happened um, 
on this occasion was there are two organizations one is called um, health education england and health education england oversee the provision of uh, junior doctors um, from their university from their medical school and they're given placements in hospitals canterbury ashford and the like um, so as part of their of their education um, and on this occasion um, the junior doctors um, had said that because of the vacancies um, within East Kent at a consultant in the specialist level there's they felt that they weren't always getting the right kind of support and supervision and of course that raises concerns because the, we don't want the junior doctors working outside of the scope of their practice because that could create risks for patients mm -hmm. so we um, we we had conversations with Health Education England and also with the General Medical Council, who ultimately are the regulator for, for doctors. And I think um, such was the concern about the, um, the, the, the numbers of vacancies that, that we had on the Canterbury site and therefore the concerns about junior doctor training and therefore the potential risks for patients. Um, a decision um, was made by Health Education England to, um, to withdraw the training, the accreditation for training from the Canterbury site and to relocate the junior doctors onto the two other Kent sites where they'd get better supervision, better support and better training. Um, it was a, a large number, over 30 junior doctors going to the, um, the Ashford and the Margate site where there are more, more senior doctors who can you know, support them round the clock, keep an eye on them and make sure their education is where it needs to be. So um, as a result of um, moving the junior doctors, then clearly the, uh, the trust with their commissioners has had to look at the nature of the services that uh, remain on the um, Canterbury site and to put the right kind of support in place to, to manage it along the way. I think um, it's important to note that this is a, it's a temporary service change. Any permanent change would need to be the subject of full public consultation, but it really was just simply unsafe um, to, for, and risky for, for patients and indeed for the juniors doctors themselves to continue in the way and Health Education England made a decision to withdraw the accreditation for those posts. I have to say um, I chaired a, a group um, which included the ambulance service, the community service, mental health, the local authority and the hospital trust and um, with representation there from Health Watch. Mm. And in a very short period of time, I have to say that with the commissioners, everyone really pulled together um, and did a very good job in terms of getting the two sites ready uh, to take the patients who would normally have gone uh, to Canterbury. Um, it's, it's a big move, very complex. The team worked hard. Um, and, um, and behind the scenes, what they're now working very hard, and I was talking to the medical director today, they are working hard on recruitment and retention of, of, uh, of those senior staff so that we can um, 
you know, make sure that we continue to offer the best service possible on those sites. But uh, that's the background to the uh, temporary service move from Canterbury. Hmm. And I, I think that's one of the things that um, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you was because, yes, you're, as you say, we were, were part of that, that group. Um, and so what we saw was, as you say, a collection of all the all the fund holders, the commissioners, the, the people that, yes. that pay for the services and all the providers. So like say the in the hospital, in the community, ambulance and patient transport, um, regulators like yourself, Care Quality Commission, you know, the, the room was packed and um, yeah. all kind of working towards, you know, what is the solution? You know, can we, and um, you know, we also saw the actual kind of process of how the decision was came about to actually move the services yeah. because it seemed clear to us that um you know the de the decision hadn't already been made that the, there was lots of discussion about what's the risk of remaining yeah. as we are what is the risk in moving these services and yeah. moving the junior doctors and and kind of those risks were assessed right up until the point where you absolutely had to make a decision and i guess for the mm. public um I, I guess the problem is that because you can't always um disclose everything that you're talking about because the situation is constantly changing and you're trying to kind of develop your plans that for some it may appear that it was kind of quite a quick decision mm. but, but certainly what we saw was lots of deliberation um lots sure. of lots of background work kind of trying to understand what the effects would be on margate and ashford hospitals yeah. if, if these services got moved um, and yeah. what would be the effect on canterbury um so and, and um that seems to be kind of a common approach now um we see that happening elsewhere where you have kind of this single group that comes together because it's yeah. such, a, such a complicated system. You've all got sure. to work together. And uh, did you feel that, that that group kind of worked successfully? Yeah, yes. I mean, I, I think you're absolutely right um, that this wasn't a decision that was taken lightly. Um, and um, we were at one stage in the process, literally, we had daily telephone calls to make sure that, you know, there were no risk-free options um, but we had to do the best we possibly could to make sure that, um, you know, that we could transfer the patients safely. And there's a big communication piece to so that people knew, um, you know, where the services were going to be relocated into the future, be it on a temporary basis. Mm. So, um, and, you know, this absolutely was discussed all the way up to the Secretary of State, you know, my boss, um, the boss of NHS England, the boss of Health Education, the General Medical Council, all sitting around with the Chief Inspector of Hospitals saying, you know, this isn't ideal, but we found ourselves in this position, you know, and making sure we mitigated the risk as best we possibly can. So I think that's the first thing to say. And in terms of coming together, more and more now it is about, and I think that's part of my role, is pulling all of the interested parties into a room and as difficult as it can be at times is trying to find a consensus and trying to find the best way through for the people who use the services. Um, 
what was the, I guess what is a little bit disappointing um, at times like this is that it takes something as um, momentous, as serious as, uh, as the pro proposal, proposition to withdraw the junior doctors for everyone to really, really get round the table because, and, and, you know, everybody really did put their backs into it, but you kind of think, well, you know, we should be working like this all the time. Mm. So I think that's the only thing that I would say is it's a pity it took um, something as, you know, as, uh, as challenging as this to, to really get people around the table. But when they were around the table, they absolutely, they really worked hard to make it the best possible transfer. And so far, we were very careful in terms of, you know, the daily calls have continued. They're still underway at the moment to, to make sure are there any risks, anything that we should be aware of. Um, and we know it's not ideal for patients in terms of um, particularly transport, I think, whether you're as a patient or whether you're, um, you know, traveling to visit relatives and the like. And some of those things have come up. And the, 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 the hospital team have been very good in terms of, uh, you know, making sure that the move went as anticipated. And so far, I, th I think so good. Um, but there is a there's a way to go always. And here we are in the, the summer and, you know, we get more and more pressure as we get into the winter. So we will need to make sure the things are absolutely where they need to be. Mm. And you've you've said a couple of times about it being a temporary move, and and because mm. of course the timing of this um, was unfortunate because mm. there had already been discussions underway um, via what people may um, have heard of as sustainability and transformation plans. So kind of we certainly as Healthwatch, we've been part of lots of listening events yeah. trying to kind of raise awareness with the the public that. Um, there are challenges with having lots of services spread across lots of hospital sites like they are in East Kent. Yeah, and, sure. and so there was a recognition that things were going to change and discussions were just starting. Um, yeah. And then kind of these changes happened very, you know, for, from the public's sure. point of view, very quickly. Indeed. Um, so, you know, but you, you've said a couple of times that, that kind of you've re this was a reaction to a chain of events that was, was almost kind of outside of the, yep. the other planning. Um, so what, kind of what do you see happening going forward in terms of sure. how it fits in with the, yeah. the, the other plans? So um, in terms of um, uh, making any of the, the moves permanent, and or looking at what other options there are on the table. Um, as well, you know, um, the commissioners, it will be the CCGs, the clinical commissioning groups, that would need to undertake a full public consultation exercise and to really engage with the local communities about the challenges and what some of the options are in terms of the uh, configuration of services across those three hospitals into the future. So I do know that they are working with the STP, they're working up their, their public consultations so that they can get out sooner rather than later and, um, and get people's views in terms of um, the options that are on the table. But I think it would be wrong and misleading of me to say that, um, you know, that there, there are options, but I think the reality is 
that we are struggling to recruit a, a, a qualified workforce to cover the three sites. And as I've said, this isn't necessarily um, only attributable to East Kent, it's a nationwide problem. So I think we will need to centralise wherever possible, specialise wherever possible because of the, um, the vacancy rates that we have. But so we need to go in and we need to be open and transparent. But if there are the kind of vacancies that they, that they have in East Kent, um, then, you know, the reality in terms of fully staffing three um, hospitals, it, I think it's unlikely that that's going to be the answer. But for all of that, we have to discuss all the options and be open and transparent, go through the full public consultation before either these changes could be made permanent or there is another way forward. But I think it would be unlikely that we could safely staff services on all three hospital sites. So I think, as I say, not wishing to mislead, um, of course we have to go through public consultation, but I think there's just the sheer ability of being able to safely staff three um, hospitals is, is unlikely in uh, 2017 and beyond, given mm -hmm. the number of vacancies. Nursing, doctors, not just, uh, not just the junior doctor issue. Yeah, and, and as part of the, these sustainability and transformation plans, there's a patient and public advisory group and Health Watch is, is part of that. And well, that's, we, that's we, good. Yeah, we actually met last week and had a, an update from um, part of the plan that's dealing with workforce. So, um, and it was clear that kind of it's been a long time since all the organisations in Kent and Medway have worked together yes. to look at how best to recruit and train people. They've all kind of almost been pinching staff off each other and, and you know, staff have just been moving around because of Kent's location and, and proximity to London. Um, so, so that was really encouraging that there's kind of a, now much more of a coordinated approach to attracting people into Kent. Um, and also yeah. it relies on, um, as you say, a consultation around what might hospitals look like for the future, but also yeah. what might your GP surgery and services a bit more I closer think, to home yeah, look like. So you're not absolutely. as reliant on hospitals. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the whole um, direction of travel now in the health service is to try to keep people healthy and at home as long as absolutely possible working with the primary you know primary care gps working with community teams and the like and only going into hospital where it's absolutely necessary and then the the we talk about the front door then we talk about the back door and the back door is about everybody wants to to get home as quickly as they possibly can but there needs to be the supporting people's own homes whether it's from um, you know care from the social side of things so that people don't need to stay in hospital any longer than they absolutely need to so that's where the big drive is now in terms of primary care community social care and ideally in people's own homes, that's the, the that's the plan, that's direction of travel. So the hospitals will over time, I think, become smaller. Um, and given where we are with the uh, the workforce issues, that I think is um, is it we're t trying to take into consideration with our modelling. That's great. And thank you ever so much for being so so open and honest about the whole process and, and, and bringing us up to date like that. Um, and thank you very much for your time. 
Thank you. You're Thank welcome. You. And I think in East Kent, um, what I've seen over the last few months down there is, you know, the values in terms of really caring and trying to get this right. It's challenging for sure, um, but I think, you know, they've got the right mindset and the right values. So, um, you know, I, I do believe uh, the services will go from strength to strength. Oh, that's great to hear. Thank you, Anne. Thank you. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye.